What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Clee Talk presented by FenleyRoadSports.com. I'm your host, Bob, hanging out talking my favorite hometown Cleveland sports with my older brother, Chris. Chris, what's happening, man? Not much. A little bit of news over the weekend. Uh, nothing too big. Um, Indians uh, went 1-2 and two against the Athletics, Bob. Uh, that, that obviously stole all the headlines on Twitter. Um, so it's good to see the Tribe uh, struggling against the A's. Not. <laughs> well, I mean, in, in, in basketball, uh, JaVale McGee is a Laker. Yeah, JaVale is back on the Lakers. <laughs> Isn't it weird that Rondo's on the Lakers, too? He was a Celtic forever. Why Why are the Lakers signing all these bums? Yeah, well, okay. I mean, I, I can only play this game so long without my real <laughs> feelings coming out. Uh, you know, it, it's funny. We, we were talking right before the podcast started. Like, we were texting last night. Um should we record today if LeBron doesn't make his decision announced by Monday evening? And, you know, rumors were coming out that he was going to announce on Tuesday. And it was about 20 minutes after we decided on our game plan that you texted me, LeBron's going to the Lakers. And that obviously is what we are talking about on this entire podcast. Probably LeBron James opting out of his deal, his player option with the Cleveland Cavaliers and signing a four year deal uh, with the Los Angeles Lakers, that fourth year being a player option. So, Chris, decision 3.0. Uh, LeBron ha- has left Cleveland for a second time in his career. Uh, how are you feeling? Weird. It's a weird feeling. Um, mostly, I don't feel too bad. That's not to say I don't feel bad because it stinks seeing him go. But at the end of the day, Unlike in 2010, he gave the Cavs as much as he could and, and, and got them the four straight finals, won the championship in 2016, ended a 52-year drought. That night will forever be one of the best nights in Cleveland sports history, and, and we got to experience it, Bob. Um, to me, I'm looking at it from the perspective that, yes, it is extremely frustrating and disappointing that not only did he leave, but he left for the Lakers, which we'll talk about why that's just, to me, a little weird um, later. But at the end of the day, he did so quietly. There was as little fanfare as LeBron can muster. LeBron's always going to bring fanfare. But he did it quietly. He took out the congratulatory ad. He didn't drag the Cavs out. He did it early. I'm fine. Ultimately, I think I'm fine. I have no ill will towards LeBron. I'm never going to cheer for the Lakers unless they're playing the Warriors or the Celtics because my hierarchy is never cheer for Boston, then it's Golden State, then it's Lakers. It used to be Boston and L.A., but Golden State has bumped L.A. down a notch. Um, I'll never cheer for the Warriors unless they're playing Boston. Um, But I'm not going to cheer against LeBron. When he does great things, I'm still going to enjoy it. I'm still going to be pulling for him to be the all-time leading scorer. Um, I, I'm not going to, you know, cheer against LeBron. He he came back. He gave Cle- he, he, he buried the hatchet and came back and made amends. And the act of him coming back to Cleveland was such a huge move. No no superstar does that with Cleveland. And, and not only did he do it, but, but he delivered on a promise he made so long ago, giving that championship to Cleveland. Um, I have no ill will towards the man. Yeah, I, I I 
agree. It, it, weird. It, weird is a good adjective. I I I'd probably say I, I'm feeling pretty pretty melancholy uh, about the whole thing. There there's some anger. Uh, there, there's definitely some anger, and I I'm I'll tap into that in, in a bit. There's some sadness for sure. Um, and there's you know some bittersweet fondness as well because I agree. I mean, 2016 uh, will go down as as the highlight of my sports watching career so far. I mean, it was the best game of basketball, probably the best sporting game I, I have watched and enjoyed. And for it to be uh, the the end of the drought, uh, you know, we will forever have that, and we wouldn't have had that if LeBron wasn't on the team and if you didn't decide to come home but there are a lot of a lot of other emotions that I'm feeling right now um and I think you know you said that LeBron did it in the most quiet way as possible and you know Dan Gilbert wrote the most positive quiet letter as he possibly could and used an appropriate professional font to do so um you know, and I'm reading all these articles from cleveland.com and all these posts that are just like, thank you so much. Uh, we appreciate it. We should just appreciate the moments that we have with LeBron James. And I, I totally get that. It feels to me like we are too scared to actually voice our feelings at this point because of what happened in 2010 and the decision and the way that you know people outside of Cleveland misconstrued the, the emotional reaction to the televised broadcast of a decision where LeBron James metaphorically put Cleveland in the dumpster and lit it on fire. Uh, I, I think that there are, I, I, I just, I just feel like we are masking those feelings that, that we may still have not as, you know, dripping with the vitriol that we had four years ago or excuse me, eight years ago. But, um, you know, there's definitely some disappointment that I know a lot of people are experiencing right now and some mixed feelings. Um, and I think that we are kind of scared to do so almost because I, I don't know if it's just that we've, we've really have, have learned to, to, to bury the hatchet so quickly, or is it that, you know, there's that back of the mind feeling that LeBron may still come back for a, a third time or something. But, um, I have, I have a lot of mixed feelings and, and, um, yeah, I, I guess I think they will come out through the, the duration of this podcast. Yeah, I do too. I, I'm not going to go that far, Bob, um, because I think that, that this one in 2010 are, were drastically different situations. Um, I still think that there are a lot of Cleveland fans that are very disappointed, and, and I don't think anyone is happy. Um, but I think Cleveland fans appreciate uh, two, two key things. One, the championship. Bob, if he pulled a Buffalo when 0-4, there would be some harder feelings, no doubt. That's the number one reason this is so subdued. He delivered the goods. Bottom line, this is a business, and LeBron delivered. So at the end of the day, Cleveland fans, even though they're losing LeBron, they're not empty-handed like they were in 2010. Uh, Secondly, in 2010, LeBron James embarrassed the city. I mean, that's just the bottom line. I have no problem with the way the city reacted. I do have a problem with the way Dan Gilbert reacted. He should have been more professional, and I think that that really fractured the relationship even in the last four years we'll talk about that a little bit later but in 2010 that was an embarrassment and that was just a circus LeBron strung Cleveland through a circus and it was the absolute worst way to go this one yeah still hurts still weird 
Still a lot you can blame LeBron for. But at the end of the day, he delivered a, a title. More importantly, I, I can't underscore this, this second point enough. He came back to Cleveland. Bob, how many superstar athletes throughout all sports, football, baseball, basketball, in our lifetime, have you seen leave Cleveland? Countless. How many of them have come back in their prime? And I'm not talking about just a one-day retirement thing. I'm talking in their prime. It's really just LeBron James. I mean, he had the pick of the litter, and he chose to come to Cleveland. I I think that statement right there won fans over. Forget the letter. We're definitely going to talk about the letter in a bit. The act of coming back and making amends and delivering on a promise he made before he left the first time, I I think that is the ultimate reason why fans aren't reacting the same way they did in 2010. But Bob, let's not mistake a subdued reaction and and an understanding of, okay, this is a business for a lack of hard feelings. Bob, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm with you. There are a lot of things that I can get angry about with LeBron James, and I I think it's high time we start digging into some of those. Yeah, I have two two things about about what you said. Yes, coming back, that was a, an epic move that basically ended the the stage of of LeBron being the villain, right? He came home and that, you know, we we started progress towards where we are now with LeBron being possibly the the greatest basketball player ever. That being said, he he left again not and it wasn't uh a a basketball move in, in, in my mind. He went to LA because it's a better city, more attractive for him business-wise. You know, he left us, and, and he he did so in, in a way that um, that he he never gave to Cleveland, um, which is, which bothers me a lot that he would shun the city like that to go to Los Angeles. And it's not a pure basketball move. Uh, and, and then, secondly, f- for me, um, you know, we got we got eleven years uh, of LeBron, the the possibly the greatest basketball player ever. Uh, if 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 not the greatest, then top three probably ba- basketball. I think everyone can agree on that at least. We, we we got eleven years of that, and we have one championship. And yes, that that was the first one that Cleveland has seen in 52 years. But if you are that amazing, that fantastic, and we only have one championship to speak of, yeah, we we went to the finals five times. Uh, it, it, if you exclude 2016, we only have three finals wins to our name in, in those four NBA Finals appearances. It, it's just it, it's disappointing, and it's sad that that we are so satisfied with just one championship for the greatest basketball player ever who happened to be born in our backyard, who happened to, to be gifted to us as a number one draft pick. Um, and, and all we have to speak of it in terms of legacy and the years to come it is one championship in 2016. That, that is very disappointing to me. I agree that it is very disappointing. And, and I am disappointed that there, there aren't more titles um, and I can circle the three years that I think the Cavs should have won the title. Now, you're going to laugh at this one, but 2008, they should have beaten Boston in the semis. If they do that, Detroit was banged up. I think they win the title. 
2009, they choked against the Magic. I think they beat the Lakers. And in 2015, if Boston doesn't goon up Kevin Love, they beat the Warriors that year. That being said, 2015 had some extenuating circumstances that they could not control. Kevin Love being gooned up and Kyrie Irving tearing up his knee in Game 1. Obviously, that's not LeBron's fault. He had no control over that. But in 2008 and 2009, those two years, I feel like championships were left on the table not to mention who knows what would have happened people forget the the Cavs were up two to one against the Boston Celtics in the Eastern Conference uh semifinals and then they just collapsed <laughs> lost the next three games yeah. and who could forget that game five against Boston at home 2-2 series that was the start of the quitness and yes LeBron definitely took his foot off the gas. I'm not saying he didn't try, but he did not give his best effort in those two games. Um, who knows what would have happened in 2010 because at that point the Lakers were really, really good, um, and I don't know if they would have won the title, but they did have the best record in all of basketball. So the point being, yes, there's a lot to be mad at LeBron about, and, and I agree 100%. The biggest slap in the face right here is LeBron signing a four-year deal with L.A., he gave Miami four guaranteed years. He gives LA four guaranteed years. And he only gives Cleveland one and ones for four years, holding them under the gun, holding them hostage, making them do these knee jerk moves to appease him. And then he leaves? And that 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 is some cold stuff. The coldest being the Kyrie Irving deal. Man, a year out and Kyrie Ir- you you basically made them trade Kyrie Irving. You created a situation where it was too toxic to salvage. And they trade Kyrie Irving for about 50 cents on the dollar. And then you bail on him a year later. And all you have to show is Kaleo Sexton, who may or may not be a great player. That That's some cold stuff. That is, that is some cold stuff. That, 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 I think, is the worst part about this whole thing is that the Cavs did everything everything he wanted everything he wanted don't tell me Dan Gilbert didn't do enough don't tell me the Cavs didn't do enough they did everything he wanted every move signed off by him they traded their future for him and then he just leaves and and that to me is the worst part about this whole thing yeah I mean they they started mortgaging their future days after he announced he was coming home right with you know the the machinations of of getting uh, one clearing the cap space for him. They had to to deal some some draft picks away uh, to do that, and then really that that Andrew Wiggins trade. You know, you think about in the four years uh, of of LeBron being back, we traded away three number one draft picks, and and, and now we 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 ha- don't have any of those, and, and we don't have LeBron. Um, yeah, I, I agree. I mean. People, you can say, I don't really know what the relationship is with Gilbert and LeBron at this point. I don't think it's uh, friendly, uh, but I do think it it, it was professional. Um, and I think most of the national uh, opinion is that it was fractured, that LeBron hates Gilbert. Um, but, I mean, he spent almost half a billion dollars in, in luxury taxes in, in the past four years, um, you know, always having the highest payroll, always, you know, spending more money and mortgaging the future even more. Um, yeah, it, 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 that, that, it, that bothers me a lot that not only does he go to LA and commits to a four year deal, I, I, I thought that, okay, 
that means one, they're getting Kawhi right now. They're going to sign Boogie. Uh, you know, they're going to have a big three. But look at these deals, Chris. I mean, <laughs> Kentavious Caldwell Pope uh, getting rid of the rights of Julius Randle, Rajon Rondo, Lance Stevenson, JaVale McGee. Um, he, he's fine going to a Laker team and, and essentially punting a year. You know, we never saw that in, in Cleveland. You know, if Cleveland had two years to breathe and, and not make these knee-jerk reactions of two first-round draft picks for Timothy Mozgov midseason, um, you know, maybe Cleveland would be in a better position to, to, to unload more assets for an actual superstar, you know, when Jimmy Butler or Paul George became available last season or, or something like that. Um, so yeah, I, I, that is another issue that I have that, you know, not only is he leaving for a, a team that I, I think has worst basketball prospects, at least for next season, um, especially considering the, the moves that the Lakers are making. I know that they're gearing up for, for next off season, having max space there as well, but he, he, he spurned us for probably a worst situation in a much tougher conference uh, in, in the Western conference. Um, and, and Cleveland is, is, is sick. <laughs> the, the, the basketball franchise is still over the, the luxury tax owes his buddies, Tristan Thompson and J.R. Smith, $32 million next season. Uh, and they, they, you know, they can get out of J.R. Smith's deal after this season, but Thompson's deal is good for another one after that. Uh, they have, uh, they, they don't have assets they, they thankfully got younger last season by making some, some moves in mid season, but you know, and, and Kyrie Irving isn't on the roster. Um, and I, I blame all of that on LeBron. I don't blame that on the front office. You have to appease the greatest player of this generation. Um, but it, it's some serious short sightedness. And I think a slap in the face that, um, he's not making the same demands from Los Angeles. It is weird that he's just sitting back in L.A. I, I don't think L.A. is done yet. I do think a big move is coming, um, but but that 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 could be a little bit later. Uh, just just to talk about a couple of those moves real quick. Um, the Timothy Mozgov, yeah, it's it's hard to believe that they traded two first round picks for him. You do have to remember one of those first round picks came in the Dion Waiters deal where they got Iman Shumpert and J.R. Smith, and then they kind of immediately flipped it for Mozgov. So it wasn't really on the roster that long. And I do think the Deion Waiters deal was a very good deal because J.R. Smith was a valuable part of the 2016 team. And I actually think that the Andrew Wiggins-Anthony Bennett trade was a fantastic deal for Kevin Love because Kevin Love was not over the hill. I mean, this is a guy who's still in this prime, and and we're going to talk about this later, but I think Kevin Love is is definitely going to be traded before uh, tip-off. He still has a um, lot of value. Um, can I Yeah, can go I ahead. Interrupt? So... so uh, we, we talked about 2015, right? And, and the Cavs should have, probably should have won that if the big three were healthy. Most um, definitely, or at least one of the two. At least yeah. two of the three, yes. Yeah. yeah. They navigated that postseason without Kevin Love, yeah, essentially. I mean, he, he gets knocked out of game four of a sweep in the first round against Boston. You know, what if they didn't pull the trigger? Andrew Wiggins was on that team. I, I, I know he's not Kevin Love, but he... Yeah, what, you, what if he were healthy? Do you, would a 2015 playoff team with, with Wiggins on the roster healthy uh, upset the Warriors? I, I don't know because, Bob, Andrew Wiggins has, has put up good numbers, but but he has not reached the ceiling that, that we thought he did was going to when he came in number one overall. I mean, if yes, I understand he won Rookie of the Year that year, but 
I don't think he's become a great player yet. He, he's a very good player. And, and obviously, I don't know the answer to that question. But I, I don't think... I, I don't know if he would have been ready to help that team in 2015. I don't know. Just based on what... I mean, you at he, least would have retained that 2015 Miami Heat first round pick. That, I mean, you could have flipped that for something else. Possibly. Wiggins I mean, plus X. Yeah, I mean, but the ramifications are endless there. I mean, I, 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 I don't know. I, if you're just asking me Kevin Love versus Andrew Wiggins, because that's the only thing I can really quantify. Who knows what other moves they would have made? I don't know. Now, Kevin Love was not on the court, so I guess you can argue that anyone would have bolstered them in 2015. So, so maybe. I don't know if he would have been ready for that his rookie year. Yeah. I, this, I mean, I didn't mean to derail the conversation, but this, this is the kind of stuff that like I, I think will be refreshing going forward is that we're not constantly mortgaging the future and that we'll actually retain our assets and try to grow them into something. Um, because playing what if in, in these past four seasons, especially now that he's left, uh, it is, it, it, it's hard for me not to go crazy. All I have to say, though, Bob, is is this. The only trade the Cavs have made in the last four years that I thought was a bad deal was one that was just awful was the Kyrie Irving trade. And that's without seeing Sexton play. So so that's not even fair to Sexton right now. But that was easily by far the worst deal. Every other deal the Cavs have made up until that deal, I was all in on because it made the Cavs better to win that title. I mean, Bob, there, there's no doubt that the Cavs had the strike while the iron's hot. And and I get that LeBron put them under the gun on a lot of these moves, but the only move I really hold against him was putting them in the toxic situation that forced them to trade Kyrie Irving. LeBron had to be a better leader at that point and make that work for a year, especially if he knew he was going to leave. Yeah, I mean, if, if his mind was made up and... You know, I'm starting to suspect that he entered this offseason. Yeah, real quick, pretty Bob, confident. Jason Lloyd said that he had heard as uh, all the way out two years ago that LeBron was uh, going to bolt for LA in 2018. That's Jason Lloyd, big time NBA beat writer. So, yeah, they're, they're, it's out there that he's known for a while. Yeah, and if he if he had known for a while, or at least you know had the Lakers as a strong contender in 2018 for to, for him to leave for him to you know for him to do that to Kyrie and and to the organization and to to Cleveland I mean that's that's cold yeah. <laughs> that's really it, cold it's wrong and it's cold you don't do that to your hometown period you say you want to live here and raise your family here and all that stuff you said in the letter you don't do stuff like that that, that again that is the only situation slash trade I hold against LeBron. Every other trade, you can debate whether or not they would have worked out either way, but they did work out. Like Channing Fry worked out. Love, Mozgov for that one year worked out. And J.R. Smith and even Shumpert for a little bit. I mean, they all worked out to some degree. That trade was a real, real cold situation. That I think that, that I mean, that that's the move that I hold against LeBron the most. Yeah, I, I mean... It's hard because they they got to four straight NBA finals. They won one of those. Um, it's hard to say like those were bad deals and that they didn't work out, but that they were all so short sighted, and that just compounds and compounds upon itself. And, and you're looking, you know, you get to now where 
you know, Kawhi Leonard's available. Let's go get him. We, they, they don't have the assets to get him. They, they, they could have, if they didn't, they didn't make every knee jerk reaction being held to the gun with, with these one, one and done uh, player option deals that LeBron kept signing over the course of the four years. You know, I, I think they probably would have been okay. Uh, maybe, maybe not getting Moskov or, or they would have been okay with, you know, sticking with Dion Waiters and letting him grow. You know, he, he did grow and he actually turned into a pretty decent player with Miami. He missed all of last season, but you know, he's, he, he, you know, he was young. He, he, he could have learned and, and Amon Shumpert, it was, I mean, non-existent uh, after about a season and a half. So it just compounds upon itself. And I, I don't disagree that like they made terrible moves. They, they all did work out in these Eastern conference titles that they won. Um, but I, I, you know, I don't think, I think if they had assurances, if they had a four year commitment, I, I don't think they would have made every single one of these deals. And I think they probably would have been fine still to, to at least, you know, get through the Eastern conference finals. My gosh, we've seen, we saw how easy it was for them for two of those seasons. And, and we saw how LeBron was able to just carry virtually anybody uh, on the roster to, to the Eastern conference championship after this season. So, um, I, I, it's frustrating. No, it's very frustrating. But, but Bob, let, let's also remember this. The only reason we're here right now is because of a one-time fluke super spike in the salary cap that allowed the Warriors to sign Kevin Durant. If that doesn't, act, if that one in a million thing doesn't happen, the Cavs are probably looking at two championships right now. I mean, they're, they're probably looking at two championships right now. And you can say all you want about the Cavs' moves and their cap space, and I get it. The Golden State Warriors lucked into that situation with Steph Curry's early injury value contract and locking those guys up when they did. That was going to happen no matter what. So I, I don't know if you can say the Cavs could have done anything to overcome this juggernaut the last two years. I, I just... Again, it's it's hard for me to bash the Cavs' moves because I was driving the bandwagon for them saying, you got to contend, you got to contend when they were happening. It would be hypocritical of me to go back and then say, well, you should have been more long-sighted. They got to four straight finals and lost to arguably one of, if not the greatest team ever assembled three times. That That's not bad. Yeah. That's not bad. Yeah. For, for sure. And, and you're right. I don't. I don't think any. You know, if they don't, they don't trade for Moskov. They use those first round picks for somebody else. Uh, you know, I, it's not going to equate to Kevin Durant <laughs> and, yeah. and, and matching the Warriors. I, I agree with that. But they made all those deals not just to fuel the fire of their championship run in that season. They made those deals to say, Hey, LeBron, we are doing everything in our power to give you the resources right now to win this championship. If they knew. Oh, 2018. That's the cutoff. He's not going to resign. Uh, if they if they had that foresight or, or were told that at some point or or, or knew that um, confidently, uh, I don't think they would make some of those moves. I mean, I mean that you you would be crazy not to. Um, well, let me just step in and, and say that there's where we have common ground right there. Is that it is cold of him to have the franchise do everything for him and then leave them hanging with the bill. I mean, it, it, the coldest move is the Kyrie Irving trade. LeBron At that point, LeBron has to say, look, man, 
let's make this work for a year. Let's just make this work for a year. He has to step up and lead. He has to do that to keep Kyrie Irving on this team. And that that is where I will agree with you. In, I am, I'm furious at that. But at, at the end of the day, um, I agree with you. The Cavs did everything to sell themselves to LeBron. They made moves to keep him in contention. And for him to just turn their backs on them, and not only that, but sign a four-year deal with the Lakers and then give them the luxury he never gave Cleveland is also a very cold move. I agree on those two points, Bob. I, I Again, we can play shoulda, coulda, woulda, what if. I, at the end of the day, the moves translated the four straight finals in the championship. So ultimately, they worked out. But the Kyrie Irving move and, and the fact that LeBron just went off and signed anyway, that, that does not sit well with me. Yeah, I mean, it, it certainly does not. And, and and this leads into something that we have been kind of circling around. And what makes it even worse for me is that, you know, he, he gives a three-year commitment with that player option to Los Angeles. You know, right now, I mean, right now, and we don't know, Los Angeles has some cap space to do, and I'm sure Cleveland is going to make some post-LeBron moves in the offseason. But right now, I think the Cleveland Cavaliers were set up for another contention championship appearance uh, in 2018 2019 but more so than the Lakers were w- would you agree with that I mean that's not even a question right now Bob the Lakers could trade for Kawhi Leonard right now and at best be the third best team in the West I mean the, I still don't think they're better than now Houston lost Trevor Ariza to Phoenix which go figure that one out but Maybe if they get Kawhi, they're equal to Houston. They're not better than Golden State. Kawhi Leonard doesn't make them better than that juggernaut. I mean, you would need to get Lonzo Ball and Brandon Ingram playing out of their minds to get them on Golden State's level. And that's just, to me, not happening. Now, I will say this. Rajon Rondo, who knows if he can be the glue guy that he normally is. Playoff Rondo is a thing. That's still not enough. You would need those two young guys to play out of their minds to get there. Bob, I'm looking at the Cavs and Lakers supporting cast right now, minus LeBron James. There's only one guy who's in Hall of Fame contention among them, and that's Kevin Love. I mean, the bottom line is he would have been playing with a probable future Hall of Famer had he stayed in Cleveland. You got you got a team that just went to the NBA Finals, is playing in the Junior Varsity League, and yes, Philadelphia and Boston will be better next year. It won't be as easy, but it's a heck of a lot easier than the West. I would take my chances getting through those teams than having to go through both Houston and Golden State because there's one thing I'd bet on right now is that even if the Lakers get Kawhi, they are not winning the number one seed in the West. Even if they get Kawhi, somehow convince Dwayne Wade to sign on a rookie or veterans minimum and get Boogie Cousins, they're still still not the number one team in the West. They would have to get through both those squads. That is not a given. Basketball-wise, this move makes no sense. He essentially is punting 2019, and that to me is just, again, it just fuels this, what what was your mindset here, man? Like, you, you've been holding us into win-now mode. I gotta win as many titles as possible, and now you're punting for the Lakers? Just makes no sense. Yeah, it, it, that, that that to me is probably the, the the biggest insult of this whole thing, and, and you know, uh, it make, makes me very angry. So so why 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 did he make this move then? I think only LeBron knows. I I, I have no idea. I I can't answer that question. 
I can I can guess. L.A. big market. He obviously is worried. Wants to build his empire off the court. He has a lot of things going on in the realm of entertainment with his Spring Hill venture. There's talk of Space Jam 2. There's talk of there's there's talk of other movies that he was supposed to play a role in that never got filmed. Being in L.A. year-round makes that easier, or playing more home games there maybe makes that easier. This is not a basketball move, Bob. I, 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 you, you cannot look at the Lakers roster and say, yeah, it's ready. I mean, you, you, other than we're the Lakers, that's all they got. I mean, the, the Lakers are not in a better position to succeed than the Cavs. A, their roster right now is worse than the Cavs. I do think more moves are coming. Still not as good as the Cavs. And B, they're in the tougher conference than the Cavs are. Yes, Boston's going to be a lot better next year. But I'll take my chances with them because at best they're the third best team in the entire NBA. You got to get through numbers one and two just to get to the finals next year, Bob. This is not a basketball move. Yeah, it's 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 not, <laughs> and that that's again more infuriating. I think it it I don't. I don't know why. <laughs> I, I I don't. I mean, obviously, there's the promise of next off season. Uh, they they whiffed on Paul George. Um, they they may just wait to to sign Kawhi next season. And you know, there 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 are going to be a lot of guys that are lead on the open market again. Clay Thompson's up for an extension. Kevin Durant will most likely opt out. Kyrie Irving will be on the market. So. Yeah, they could get an, another star, and that that's probably a, was a promise that Magic Johnson made, um, but it, it has not been in LeBron's. LeBron has not allowed a team to to not be in in all out win now mode for for ten years essentially. So um, it, it's very shocking that, um, and for me, very confusing to see that he's content with. Um, the the roster that is being constructed around him, and, and talk about that roster, Chris. I mean, Lance Stevenson yeah, that, on the same on the same day, and Rondo <laughs> Stevenson and Rondo, and plus you, McGee. Let's yeah. not rule out the the the, the weirdness of, oh. of that trio. This I mean, is that that is combustible right there. This combined is, with Levar Ball. <laughs> oh my god, this is just bizarro land, man. Maybe LeBron really wants to just take a year off and do DNPs for the whole season, rest up for 2020. I have no clue what's going on, to tell you the truth. I, I don't know. What what I mean, the Lakers obviously I mean, look, I'm not trying to to knock these guys, but you know, I don't think you want all three of those guys on the same team. Maybe one because yeah, okay, Lance Stevenson, he can be edgy, he can pester people. I wouldn't put Lance Stevenson in the same locker room with Rajon Rondo and JaVale McGee. I'm sorry. No. And then, I mean, Dwayne Wade was not the best of teammates in Cleveland nor Chicago. If, if you if you add him like you say, I mean. Yeah, I, well, I, 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 don't, I don't think that's going to happen. I, I was just speculating. Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. Well, let's, let's wrap up the Lakers talk, Chris. I mean, how far do you think they're going this season? Best case scenario, they lose in the second round. I mean, absent a major injury to Houston or Golden State, those two are still the gold standard in this league. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, I can't see them. I mean, right now. Right, no, right, right now, they might not even get out of the first round. But yeah, but but I, I'm assuming another move's coming. 
But you think DeMarcus Cousins is going to do a one-year deal? Yeah, I don't know. Either Cousins or some other trade. It might not even be for Kawhi. I mean, like, there are other teams who might be willing to part ways with someone. I mean, you look at teams like, I mean, first off, side note, we haven't talked about this yet. Toronto. Dwayne Casey wins coach of the year. They were the best team in the East, and now LeBron leaves. Oops. (laughs) My goodness, man. (laughs) Did they screw up big time. Um... But, I mean, you look at teams like Toronto, Washington, and maybe even Milwaukee, probably not as much. Are they rebuilding? Because if they are, those are some good players who might be on the market. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. But but I wouldn't underestimate the Lakers making a move that maybe we don't see coming. Um, But but I do think another another move of some sort is coming for the Lakers. But absent that, I mean, they might not even make it out of the first round. No, I, 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 that's too strong. As long as they finish three through six, I think LeBron's good enough to get past anyone in the first round. Yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting. I mean, first time in the Western Conference, uh, you know, you don't have as many luxuries. You don't have as many breaks and, and breathing room. I mean, you you could end up in your first round draw facing down the the Pelicans with Anthony Davis, and if they re up to Marcus Cousins, you know that that could be intimidating. If you trade for Kawhi Leonard. The pieces you give up are, are going to be on the San Antonio Spurs. I imagine they'll be in the postseason as a low seed again. Um, it, it'll be, it'll be tough. But I, I yeah, I don't think any, you could add virtually any superstar onto this Lakers roster right now. Not not subtracting any piece uh, to to put alongside LeBron. And, and I agree, they they are at best the third best team uh, in the Western Conference. So. And, um, and let's not forget see. the Timberwolves are a young team that is growing. The Thunder brought all their stars back. Nobody thought that was happening. They have a year under their belts. And, and, and I mean, you know, Portland finished third with 49 wins. Cleveland finished fourth in the East with 50 wins. Do you think LeBron James makes a 15-win difference? The Lakers won 35 games last year. Now, first off, think- a, lot, a lot of these teams in the West are going to win more than 50 games. There were some injuries this year that, that really messed up the standings. So I don't think that this is a true, accurate measure, measurement of how good the West really is, these standings. Yeah, uh, I, I agree with that. And I think the Nuggets, you know, missing the postseason, I think that that's a good team as well. So, you know, insert the Lakers and, and you're really not subtracting anything from so far from, from these Western Conference teams. I mean, you have 10 playoff contending teams you, you can't say the same in the east you, you barely have six <laughs> in, in any any given point so it, it'll it'll be very interesting so my last lebron question before we focus on the Cavs, particularly is uh, how are you gonna cheer for him when you're watching the lakers play i'm not I, i'm gonna be indifferent because i'm not cheering for the lakers ever i don't care who's on it um but it's just gonna be one of those things like if lebron does something great i'll, I'll be like oh yeah or something like that, you know. I mean, I'm not. I'm not gonna go out of the way to cheer for him, but I'm not gonna like, you know, care if he loses either. You know, if if the Lakers were to win the title, if LeBron were to win another title, I'd be like, okay, good. I'm glad he got another one because I do like LeBron James. At the end of the day, LeBron James is one of my favorite athletes of all time. He 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 gave so much to Cleveland. I think we we've got to remember that the glass is probably a little more than half full, even though there's a lot of emptiness in that glass. Um, even though there's some disappointment, let's not lose sight about not only what he's done for this city on the court, but what he continues to do off the court. I mean, he, he has been a, a model citizen here, and he has impacted the lives of many young people. 
Um, I, I'm not going to go out of my way to boo him or, or tear him down or anything like that. But I'm not cheering for the Lakers, man. I'm a Cavs fan, bottom line. Yeah, uh, you said it best with your last point. We, you're a Cavs fan. I, I'm a Cleveland fan. So he is not on the Cleveland roster. I'm not cheering for him. Um, I'm not wishing him ill will. I'm not wishing him injury. I hope he has a, a long, healthy career, but I hope he doesn't win a title again. And I will not, I will cheer against him because this last, deci- both decisions have, have been conscious decisions not to play for your hometown team. And, and in both times, they were. They they were contenders and they, they the Cleveland could have been a contender again probably wouldn't beat the Warriors I, I understand that but they could have been a contender again um, and so he chose not Cleveland and, and that that really bothers me and and, and the way the, the situation that he's left the Cavaliers in um, is not ideal to say the least it, it, it we're gonna talk we're gonna dive into it and unpack that right now. Um, I, I'm going to cheer against him, and, and I will. I will not cheer for him. I, I, I hope. I hope that they don't have success. I uh, hope that the Lakers are not successful. Just one more thing. I just got to read this, man. My relationship with Northeast Ohio is bigger than basketball. I didn't realize that four years ago. I do now. That was one of the first sentences in this letter coming back. You know, we're not going to read the whole letter on air, but I think if you go back and read a lot of that. You're going to have some some emotional feelings. I, I reread it last night just to see exactly what he said. A lot of strong words in there about family, commitment, and, and bolstering up the region. And I'm not saying he hasn't done that with his charitable works. He has. But for him to leave like this for a non-basketball reason and to do it giving the Lakers a big commitment that he didn't give the Cavs, it leaves a sour taste in my mouth. Again, I have no ill will towards LeBron James. I am not going to actively wish ill will on him or boo him. I'm not a Lakers fan. I'll still smile when he does something special. And yes, I'll still cheer for them if they face the Warriors or the Celtics because I can't stand either of those teams. But at the end of the day, um, it's, it's a tough pill to swallow seeing him walk away again, especially after what he wrote in 2014. Um, it was a very uh, impactful letter. And, and I think everyone in Cleveland thought he was home for good. I mean, yeah, because the letter said he was. <laughs> and his, his well, interviews right after the letter said he was home for good. So um, that, I mean, retrospect, uh, you can't, yeah, in, in a vacuum, that letter's great. And yeah, it, it, it hit everything and, and it, it righted the wrong of, of the first leaving. But now that he's gone again, it in was his just prime still, just a PR stunt. That's yeah, all it was. It, now, now that yeah. he left. Exactly. I mean, it's it, it, it's parts of it were a lie. I mean, it, it's most it, of I, it was a lie. <laughs> yeah. So. All right. Well, enough of wallowing in the past, thinking about what could have been. Let's talk about what will be. Uh, Let's wallow Cleveland. in the future. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we might have to, um, though. All right, let's start here, Chris. I mean, are the Cavs in a better position heading into this season than they were in the first decision in 2010? Not even close, because heading into 2010, uh, your best player post-LeBron was probably Mo Williams, and Kevin Love is a lot better than Mo Williams. Heck, George Hill is a lot better than Mo Williams. So, yes, they, they are in a better position. I don't think they're in a good position, because they're in what I like to call the fake zone. 
they on paper might be good enough to make the playoffs, but but is that something you want this year when that number one pick you have would go to the Atlanta Hawks if it doesn't land in the top 10? And I don't think the Cavs can afford not to have a first-round draft pick this year. So I think they need to bite the bullet. And let's not forget, Kevin Love has a player option um, after this season. So he could opt out and walk, I think that that means Kevin Love has to be traded before opening night. Kevin Love is still a double-double machine, a very valuable piece to a contending team. There are teams in this league who who view him possibly as the missing piece and, and might part ways with a draft pick and a good player, draft pick and significant salary relief, combination maybe even two draft picks I I don't know but I think the Cavs need to get as much as they can for Kevin Love right now while his value is highest because he is injury prone and and who knows what's going to happen up to the trade deadline I I think they need to move Kevin Love this offseason get what they can bite the bullet and 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 start making that their draft pick as high as it, it can be because uh you know Sexton's the future you know this is the this is where the Cavs are going. Um, get a lot of young guys a lot of time and see which one of them uh, can swim and, and make their way on the roster. I do think re-signing Rodney Hood should be a big priority because I think that Rodney Hood has the potential to be a part of the future. Uh, he's a very good player despite uh, what he showed most of the playoffs. Um, and so, so I think you can build around that. But um, I think it's going to be a very long road for the Cavs. But I think it starts with trading Kevin Love. Yeah, and um, to your point about Mel Williams being the best player, I, I remember um, reading Bill Simmons on Grantland uh, after the Cavs won their home opener against Boston, uh, the the first game since LeBron left, and, and that was an awesome game to watch, right? But he said that y- you can tell how good a team is by, by noticing who the last players introduced in, in the opening lineups, and for the Cavs, it was Mo Williams, and it's like, oh, well, this team is screwed <laughs> long term. Um, but yeah, I mean, they, they, they do have a crossroads to face and, and, you know, say what you want about all the nice things that, that Dan Gilbert said in, in, in his second letter. Um, the, I, I think nobody would deny that he's probably itching to, to he, he's in an embarrassing place cause he's lost LeBron twice now. Um, and this, the first time he lost him, it was quite an embarrassing four year stretch. Um, not only getting that letter shoved back in his face, but just the, the, the play and all the the terrible locker room stuff that came out um, fr- from those Cavs rosters w- without LeBron. So I, I think there's an itch and a desire to show the world that post-LeBron, the Cavs could make the playoffs built around Kevin Love. And I get what you're saying, Chris. They, they, he has a player option. He's most likely going to walk because you know the Cavs are, are heading into a bleak bleak future and and love is about five years older than than the rest of their core young group that altman has accumulated in the last year but i think they can they can do both they can have a happy medium because you know if, if they get that top 10 pick this year then uh you know it, it conveys again it's top 10 protected to the hawks next year um i i think they can have it both ways by this i mean they need to get younger and they need to shed they need to get under the cap space and you have Fifteen million dollars to J.R. Smith uh, over th- in this year, and, and he has a, a, 
uh, a final year in, in the next season, but that is actually only guaranteed for about $3 million. I think he needs to get out of there because one, it's J.R. Smith without LeBron. I don't trust him in that locker room. Um, and two, that, that, that salary is ridiculous. You need to get him out of there. I think Kyle Korver has some value with his $7 million contract. Um, and it's a two year deal. So $14 million total. I think the, the last year is $4 million guaranteed. George Hill has a very interesting contract, $19 million this year. Um, the second year is $20 million, but only $1 million, $1 million guaranteed. So those aren't expiring contracts, but you can kind of sell them as fake expiring contracts. I, I think you can, can move. I, I think you can get value. You know, those guys can still produce. They, they, they were on a finals run and were integral pieces of it. If you put them on a the right team for, for a contender, you could get value. You could potentially get a late round, first round draft pick. See if you can compete with that young core playing around Kevin Love. If he goes back to Minnesota, Kevin Love, great. You've boosted his value at trade deadline and it's not working out. You can move him on or you can make the postseason. You might actually have some draft assets, convey that pick to the Hawks. And then if Kevin Love walks, you know, you can start your full rebuild. But you know, they got to get under the cap. They're $4 million over it right now. And like you said, Rodney Hood is going to negotiate a contract extension and he's not going to come cheap. Um, so, so they need to move some of these alb- albatrosses of deals. We didn't even mention Tristan Thompson, who's owed, you know, like over forty million dollars over the next two years. Yeah, next year you could get value out of him too. About seventeen and a half million next year. Yeah, and he has two years left on that, so you could probably get get some value out of him. You know, get get something. Um, those guys are are just older than the core. You know, Thompson's twenty seven. Smith is in his thirties. Corver's almost in his 40s. Uh, they're not in the long-term plan. You got to move them and see if you can uh, rebuild uh, your your stockpile that has been depleted. Yeah, I, I think I think those four guys are obviously the guys that they could trade. It's just going to be interesting to see how they're valued. So, J.R. Smith and George Hill, as you mentioned, are very interesting situations because they're essentially one-year rentals with a with a relatively inexpensive buyout. So I think that you could sell a team that's close on maybe integrating them into their culture, especially George Hill. He's been a model citizen. J.R. Smith, you kind of need a strong franchise to corral him, but shooting is a huge commodity in the NBA. So uh, obviously he will attract some suitors. Kyle Korver, I think, is a very tradable contract because he's $7.5 million, one of the best sharpshooters in the NBA. If you're a contender, you need shooting. Bam. That is a low-risk move because you don't have to pay him a lot. The big one's Tristan Thompson. His age is enticing. His tenacious rebounding is enticing. His $17.5 million salary, not enticing at all. So I don't know what they're going to be able to get for those four guys. Um, it, it, Colby Altman's going to have his work cut out for him if they're going to try to build around Kevin Love. Uh, I just think that, that he's going to have to work some big-time magic in order to make that happen. Um, if the Cavs can somehow shed those guys keep Kevin Love, add a late first-round draft pick, make the playoffs, convey the Hawks pick, still be in a good situation, my goodness, man, he should win executive of the year. That is a lot to ask of him. <laughs> um, Bob, I, my, my biggest worry is that Kevin Love walks and you get nothing for him or Kevin Love gets hurt and he can't trade him at the trade deadline. And I think that those two scenarios are very plausible. Again, I do think if Kevin Love's on this team, he's going to have a big statistical year. I do think he's a valuable commodity. 
I, I, I think if you get a good offer for him, you have to seriously consider pulling the trigger. Because Kevin Love's a guy who can erase some of that salary. You could you could say, hey, Kevin Love and Tristan Thompson. Nobody wants Tristan Thompson's contract. you got to take it on or something like that or find a third team to do it and still get draft picks and salary relief for Kevin Love. I, 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 I think that it's going to be a big, big question that Colby Altman will answer here in the next couple months. But um, it all starts with with Kevin Love. If they if they move Kevin Love, they can get out from under some of this salary, bring in some draft picks, and maybe even a young player. So that that's just how good he is. Yeah. I, so for me, I, I think that hey, there's a fire sale with those four guys, right? And, and their ridiculous contracts that they have, or, or their age. You know, Kyle Korver. I think that's a fair value for what you're getting from. He's still a dead eye shooter, seven million dollars, um, and. and there's a fire sale for them. Get what you can get with, with those guys and, and obviously don't attach draft picks to, to those deals. Kevin Love, you can take your time though. I, I don't think you have to deal him in the off season. You can, you can see if it works out, you know, Hey, let's see if this is actually a core. Can we build around Kevin Love? You know, I, I think this Cavs team, you know, s- s- Kevin Love was, was a stat monster in Minnesota, you know, say what you want about his postseason. Uh, troubles getting getting into the postseason, but now he's in a weaker conference with probably a, a better roster around him. You know, can he be the focus again and get back to the that level? Uh, and can they make a run for the postseason? I think it's it's at least interesting to try. And in the meantime, you're only boosting his value if he if he returns to Minnesota form. You know that that shows that he can be that go-to guy. Um, eventually, you'll get an offer that you can't refuse. And yeah, you have to get something for him. Uh, at, at some point, be it the off season or the trade deadline, or he opts in, you know, and, and you trade him next season. Who knows? Um, so, so I, I think that's interesting. Um, I do think that the Cavs are going to have to. They're going to ship out those older guys, but th- they might have to bring back some salary. So, uh, yeah, I'm looking at Chandler Parsons in, in Memphis. Yeah, the Grizzlies allegedly were, were shopping their first round draft pick. If anyone would take his terrible contract, he's owed $50 million over the next two seasons. Um, you know, can the Cavs get rid of the guys that they want? You know, J.R. Smith and Cal Corver would, would, would match the salary, take on Chandler Parsons and pick up that draft pick uh, for, for next season. You know, the, the th- things like that, they're going to have to get tricky. Um, they're gonna have to go back to the Chris Grant way of accumulating these draft picks, you know, essentially buying draft picks. Who the heck signed Chandler Parsons to a ninety-four million dollar contract? It, I, I just want to know. Was it the Cubes? I, I have no idea. I think it was. No, it says it says Memphis. I don't even know. I, I don't even remember. But he's on Memphis now. He's owed nearly fifty million dollars over the next two years. I know you just said that, but I need to say it again to believe it because it's insane. But yeah, I'd take on that contract for the next two years if it meant an unprotected first, because Memphis is going to be terrible, and the Cavs aren't going to be you know good for the next two years. So you can eat that salary, sure, no problem. If it means getting a big draft pick, I'd ship out you know a couple of those bad contracts on our end, like like you know someone that Memphis can just get rid of after this year to to eat Chandler Parsons' salary for an extra season. Yeah, I mean they're they're gonna have to do make moves like that. But the good news is, you know, they have Sexton. They have, they should bring Hood back. They have Osman. They they could give minutes to Zizek. I, they, they have Nance and, and Clarkson, though Clarkson, $15 million a year. I mean, is that 
is that worth it? I, I don't know. But they have a young core that they didn't have in, in 2010. There is some hope, but it, it is going to be a couple dark seasons uh, in Cleveland. I don't think that, you know, the, as ambitious as Altman and Gilbert may be to, to prove to everyone that they can make the postseason, I don't think it's going to be that easy. You have a You have a massive vacuum right now not just on the court, but in the locker room with LeBron gone, um, it, it'll be it'll be very interesting to, to see um, just what kind of team takes the court uh, come October. Kendra Perkins is going to step up this year. They picked up his <laughs> option, so don't sleep on yeah. him. Yeah. All righty. Well, that was a ton of Cavs talk. Uh, probably won't be as much Cavs talk for the foreseeable future until they start doing some things. Uh, it's a long, winding, fun road. Bob and I were here for most of it on our podcast. Uh, a lot, a lot of tough losses. A lot of great memories. Uh, overall, I think we we both enjoyed the ride. It's just a shame that LeBron James had to cut it short a little bit. But uh, we'll look forward to a new era of the Cleveland Cavaliers. But Bob, Bob, the Cleveland Indians are doing some good stuff, and uh, we'll talk about them uh, in the foreseeable future, probably next week. But that is all we have for this episode of Klee Talk presented by FenleyRoadSports.com. Thank you for listening. If you want to subscribe, please search for Fenley Road Sports on iTunes. Click Klee Talk. Hit subscribe. It's just that simple. You can go to FenleyRoadSports.com, listen to all our old episodes, and subscribe through our website by clicking the icon in the upper right-hand corner. You'll also find our Twitter and Instagram icons on that website as well. Just search Fenley Road Sports on each of those social media sites. Thank you so much for all your support. Come back next week and every week for another episode of Klee Talk. And until then, it's tribe time, baby. Go tribe. All right, I'll see you, Chris. Go tribe. Take it easy, Bob.